Why, hello, Timothy. Why, what, where, when, who, hello, Ryan. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. why, what, where, when, who, how, hello to everyone listening. Welcome to Dismembering Horror episode, what are we on? 127 of Dismembering Horror. (laughs) Exactly. We're over a quarter of the way there till we do our next retrospective episode. (laughs) Oh, man. Chugging along. Yes, episode 127 of Dismembering Horror. Welcome, welcome. The podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and... Myself, Tim Aslan. I was swallowing my drink just then. Since you told us that much, Tim, why don't you tell us what you're drinking? I mean, do you, do I, like, is it a secret anymore? It's a rock star. (laughs) Rock star for rock star Tim. (laughs) All right. Indeed, we are the podcast show where we dismember a horror film every week. To dismember a horror film, we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything else we found interesting or noteworthy. We are mm-hmm. both discussing and dismembering in the spirit of of questing to see what's out there, digging for buried treasure, digging through all we have to to get there, enjoying the adventure along the way. And then this is also very much in the spirit of getting together with friends Myself, Tim, and you all to, well, to, to digest, or as we put it again, dismember all that there is to about these horror films. The experience yeah. of watching yeah. and then chumming it up. We like, we, we digest and then we dismember and then we divulge. And how about this? One of my favorites, we delve. Oh, we do, we do so much delving. <laughs> yeah. We're a, co- we're a couple of regular delvers. You could say that that's actually probably that's probably if we weren't dismembering horror, we'd probably be delving into horror is what we'd be called. That's pretty apropos. Yeah. Yep. It sure <laughs> is. We also dig horror. We <laughs> dig it and we we <laughs> dig into it. Yeah. Let me just pull up a thesaurus of D words. <laughs> Anyways, well, for episode 127, we watched and uh, we're going to dismember. From 2017, The Endless, directed by directing duo Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, written solely by Justin Benson of Benson and Moorhead duo. Yeah. Great. I love so, a director duo. Yeah. I Whatever happened with, like, I, we should review this one. I remember a big one, uh, a big movie that, we were in, uh, my friends and I were into when it came out was From Hell, and I just remember From Hell, directed by the Hughes brothers. I wonder oh. what, wonder what they're up to. This is well, another brothers pairing. We can find out. <laughs> yeah, though Someday. these are these aren't brothers; these are friends. Any other friend pairing director couples you can think of? Hmm. Like, I'm sure they're out there. I mean, I guess known, you know, in the yeah, greater. Nothing comes 
right to my I mean these guys are the the ones that I know of to be honest. There's something on the tip of my my tongue. I don't know. I'm sure. Anyway, and so this film too was one of um was one of our requests we got. We get submissions from listeners to dismember films and this was from our friend and listener Jesse who wondered uh he didn't he didn't really say whether he liked or disliked the film but he posed it as these guys were written about as a new voice in horror and I can't exactly figure out why but not that sounds a little bit like um putting down but it wasn't I don't think it was meant in those that intention I definitely remember when this was getting some uh noise over yeah. it and and like I had already seen two of their movies I think I mentioned this in the last episode um and they're and the two that I had seen that you know they these guys are kind of renowned or were initially renowned for having done a very low budget like tr- kind of strange psych I guess it's a psychological kind of twisty, creepy, almost sci-fi movie called Resolution. And that was on Netflix and got some buzz. It's it's from – I think it was 02 when they made it. But it got onto Netflix in probably uh, like uh, – tw- You mean 2012. Sorry, 2012. Excuse me. Um, you know, and so somewhere between 12 and, and 17 – it had gotten on Netflix and gotten a little bit of like traffic and buzz. And then the what do you call it? Like the, you know, the news rags, the horror news rags. <laughs> they started talking these guys up because of their second movie, which was called Spring, which I've recommended. Um and then so they had, yeah, they had kind of made a name for themselves as being interesting semi-indie horror or sci-fi horror, I think they would kind of fall into maybe, um, filmmakers, especially because of how small their, they, what they were able to do with small budgets and people were digging the the vibe. So, yeah, you know. And uh, Jesse, I think we'll answer your question. Let's um, really explore. I'm sure we'll touch on it along the way, but I feel like that's a good wrap-up things of note thing to get to once we've totally. kind of arrived somewhere and so tim if you say you've seen you know two of their other films before this that means they only have you know they, they just released the fourth feature it looks like it just became widely available synchronic so hmm. that sorry i jesse i meant to, to to plenty answer your question to watch them all but i did not watch synchronic it's only became available to buy not to rent um didn't quite didn't quite get there but I've caught up with you, Tim. I watched Resolution and Spring because I figured to best answer Jesse's question and explore it, uh, it'd be helpful to see everything. Yeah, At I, I rewatched <laughs> Resolution because I've seen this movie, The Endless, and I knew that it had a connection to it. I mean, really, let's get ahead of ourselves, but it's pretty much a sequel to It really Resolution. is, yeah. It, I, yeah. I mean, in this second watching, I very much was like, oh, wait a minute, there's... There's even more connection than I had sort of remembered. Yeah, yeah. And then Spring is even connected in the universe. Is so, it? I wondered about that. Okay, Yeah, cool. because they refer to uh, shitty Carl 
is the character <laughs> okay. who they keep referring to at the beginning of Spring, Got who um, I guess actually appears in The Endless, but they refer to in, in it as well. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't want to say more on that because I'd be getting ahead of myself. But uh, before we get any further ahead of ourselves, before we get further at all, we're going to watch the trailer as we Ooh. do here, sort of How set exciting. the stage. All right. Are you ready for that, Tim? Yeah. Are you ready for that, everyone listening? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's how our, that's what our listeners sound like. A really high-pitched voice and a really low voice. Yes. <laughs> that's hello. it. Our two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> together. Together they 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 run the spectrum, of course. That's right. Uh, great. All right. Here we go. From 2017, The Endless. I want to go back. It was our family. One day, one night, we come straight back. What the Dickens brings you all the way out here? Everything you did, why come back now? There's something out here, isn't there? How is that possible? You want to know what it is that runs all this? You go find it. The Endless. Or is it The Endless? The Endless. Great. Great, 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 great. What's next? Next is our rating per our rating system. Would Tim and myself tell ourselves to avoid it, stream it, rent it, or buy it? Hmm. You know, the first time I saw it, I remember being totally not, like, I just was bored and not, I just couldn't get into it. And I kind of, like, I remember drifting off and, like, probably, like, doing something else while it was on like folding laundry or something stupid and i just sort of i just lost interest um this time and be i think largely because i had, i also watched resolution right before it um i was much more interested in what was going on and, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I still at times got a little like, okay, whatever. I'm a little like not that uh, compelled, I guess. Um, So I'm like right on the cusp of a – it's a really good stream movie to me. But it's – the more I kind of think about it and think about what they're trying to like accomplish with it, the, the more I like it. So I, I'm going to make it a rent for that reason. I think it gets better with more viewings, actually. It's one it's, of those. It's funny. I'm like same but different, like where it's a solid stream for me, yet the more I think about what they were trying to do with it, the less I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I mean, I'm I'm so glad that we've now seen, you know, that we can 
full. It's. I think it's important to have seen their first two films to really for this discussion. You In know? a way, though, I almost would say that that's a that's a negative. Um. No, like, no, no. I didn't say to enjoy it. I said oh, for our right, discussion I, okay. of like really trying to answer like who are these guys, what's yeah, their yeah, deal, yeah. all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, context for my experience too. And I just said, yeah, I'm a stream it, but a little more context for my experience. I, I watched them in order all, you know, kind of this last weekend. Um, so, so I kind of have my same critique for all of them. Um, (laughs) but resolution was hands down my favorite. It Mm. was the one out of the three of them where so much, I mean, it's like, so the, the biggest sort of, I don't know, um, what what they're hanging the horror hat on for me is this sense of the unknown, the mm-hmm. unexplainable, you know, the the line between science is uh is a way of looking at the unknown. Just cause something what do they say in spring? It's like just cause science hasn't explained something doesn't mean it's supernatural. It just means it's, you know, science that can't hasn't explained it yet. All those themes. Yeah. Um and that and resolution sort of got at that. I think like the only one that was really successful for me at getting at that of like feeling this, 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 this. I don't know. I always say wait, so I try to avoid the word now. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this sense of something bigger and explainable and just kind of hitting you in that creepy. I guess I mean accurately Lovecraftian. What that mm, word you know mm-hmm. is I think appropriate. Can't explain it. Um, sense and. Just thought like this: the story, uh, the, the character story was just strong and simple enough. Of good friend tries to get their other friend off drugs, um, onto rehab. Anyway, where am I going with this? I give it a stream. It whatever. We'll get into more about <laughs> <laughs> what didn't work for me. I did not like. <laughs> I did not like Spring the way you did. Sorry. I, I uh, thought, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I kind of want to rewatch Spring. It's so funny to me how fickle with. With movies that are kind of right in that middle zone, like they're not great and they're not terrible, I'm very fickle based on like my mood at the time of watching it. That's actually – that's really, really important, something I'm glad you mentioned because that's that's the thing with these guys in these movies. I think they're the most of that of any movies I've seen recently yeah. where it's like it rides this line so closely of just working and just not. Yep. And – um. I think a lot, yeah, and and for whatever reason, resolution. Even though it did sort of have issues and all the meta stuff that was going on with resolution, more so, like made it all kind of mm-hmm. not bother me or click in the end in an interesting way. Like where that, in a more sense, is like it it uses the fact that it's a movie. Like you remember the transitions, as if like acknowledges you're watching the movie and yeah, taking stills right. from the stills and sequences from the movie itself. Like it touches on that in the endless, but it's not ingrained in it in the way resolution is. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, hmm. Should I say this now? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say this now. Cause it's neither work or not work really. Resolution is in a way from the perspective of the monster. Mm-hmm. And this, the endless, is from the perspective of the two brothers. Yeah. And so you don't get that break that that eye on 
on the mechanism of what the monster is sort of doing or like how they're communicating. You only yeah. get the two brothers uh experiencing the the reaction to that what the monster is doing. Yeah. Maybe we should do a summary to explain what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess just to wrap up to my review and I I especially hate I mean, I'm just going to say this every time, but just because these are more like contemporaries of ours, I just I just really hate kind of critiquing and ragging on them especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another reason too why I always get excited about the pre-2000 films. It feels <laughs> like it's in the, the safe zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The movies are separate from the filmmakers in a way. Right. But like, I, I, I can't think of another way to put it. It sounds so mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But there's just like... No, there, there is the best way I can put it for yeah. me. Um, it's like they, they're they kind of doing the, the typical indie look thing, and that can be enough just to sort of get into the scene. The dialogue, it's kind of like the acting's good enough to take you away in it one moment, and then it's just kind of like, ugh, and not doing it the next. The In spring, I just didn't get any chemistry between those two leads, and the whole mm, thing is a, a romance. Yeah, And like... I thought it only really got interesting at the end. It felt like a s- suspense that wasn't actually leading to anything in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Anyway, yeah, let's go. Let's go on with the summary here. No, <laughs> that's All where right. I'm at. <laughs> so here we go. You got two brothers. They are living a a lowly life as like house cleaners. You know, they're very poor. They're struggling. They're discontent. And who are they? They are. Justin and Aaron, they they are the directors, actually. So there you go. Um, They're not playing themselves, but they're using their own names. Um, And so the younger one, Aaron, is seems sort of more despondent about the life that they're leading. And Justin, the older one, is, you know, he's the older brother. He's playing kind of that protector, you know, trying to trying to keep things together role. So. Um, God, what is the impetus for – so Aaron basically says, I want to go back It's to- the tape they get. Oh, right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, Jesus. The, the central premise. <laughs> they receive a tape that – like a videotape in the mail and it is uh, from a woman who they knew from a camp that they were a part of, which is really a – well – as far as Justin describes it, it was a cult or is a cult that they escaped in the woods somewhere. They, you know, they're a UFO death cult, is what Justin describes it as. And on the tape, the woman says, "You know, we're really psyched. We're gonna leave. You know, this is the end. We're gonna ascend, and it's gonna be great." And so they're like, "Shit! Like they're gonna mass suicide themselves." Like, like another any number of other cults have tried or done and so aaron is like well i want to go back and see them one last time so that's the that's the thrust of the movie the rest of the movie is them going back and us learning that god you know it's it's almost Basically, it's, so it's hard to describe because it's like, what do you what do you latch on to? So there is a force that has a point of view that in apparently 
we learn, enjoys watching people die. Basically, it's whole modest operanda, it's whole deal, it's whole supervillain thing. It's this great invisible force that makes everything kind of weird and wooey on this Native American land. Mm-hmm. All this stuff goes down, and it traps people in time loops. Right. And the more, and we sort of gather that the more they resist it and acknowledge it, the more they get sucked into it. Yeah. So they, yeah, that's right. So each, for whatever reason and however this is determined, there are these pockets of, they're kind of like little bubbles. Right. Honestly. And so what's- that people enter into <laughs> and then get trapped in. And so they continue, you know, and each bubble has a set amount of time in it like some are long 10 years and some are like two seconds and so it's super like obvious though there's like they get visions of multiple moons there are these like shimmering you know translucent walls where you can't see people through them or you walk through it and it makes a wobbly sound yet they like and, and and it puts you in a time loop that I guess repeats. I don't know. I gather like every ten years for them or something like that. Well, for the this, for the camp, it, it appears camp, to yeah. be about ten years. Here's the so, thing. Here's the conceit that but, I don't quite understand that we can discuss later. It, if it's not a matter of you entering into one of these little bubbles and then you're trapped, it seems somewhat selective. Like the monster has selected who gets trapped and how long that bubble is. Well, that's exactly what I was trying ran into the the wall I was just running into was like why in there when they were when they escaped weren't they trapped in it and right. why didn't they remember all these they sort of allude to it as like yeah, you know, just when I was a kid you just kind of can make up weird things in your head, but I mean a lot of this seems pretty obvious and they weren't like young kids you gather if they kind of right semi they were like recently maybe escaped late teenagers. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And like, what? So if and if it's repeating this time, uh, the trap. Do like, the why? Pe- like, some people how did know they that out? they're in a loop, and some people don't. They all seem to know that's, and that's another thing. That's another. Yeah, we'll, we'll or they. Tend to all some that. people are acknowledging <laughs> it, and some people aren't. So there's a select. There's a weird selectivity about it. And we even have people who acknowledge it, and then once it repeats, seem to not acknowledge, even though they acknowledge that they do acknowledge it. It's so confusing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some. <laughs> so basically, uh, they get trapped in all that. They get trapped in this latest cycle, and we know we're at the end of the camp's time loop cycle because uh, it ends and they commit suicide to restart it when there are three moons appear or a moon appears. You see three moons in the sky, and when they're all full is when they do it and reset the time loop, the the, the camp's time loop when they reset that. So so since it also affects kind of like your sense of place as well as time the the brothers you know the one leaves they get separated they find each other and then in one big hullabaloo they sort of argue about staying and going and then yeah a big old finale when it's all it's all coming to head when it's like the monsters releasing the apocalypse basically within the camp bubble and like i see it expanding and all these these bubble domes and it's like blowing up cars and stuff. They, <laughs> yeah. they zoom away and, and make it out apparently. Yes. I think that there is a rule that is stated by shitty Carl and it has something to do with 
if you're still in the bubble when the monster decides to kill you, that's what traps you in there. And so that's why Carl is continuously trying to kill himself before that happens. He says it's a better – it's always uh, better than the way the the force – I, right. I want to call it a monster. Right. Even sure, though at the, the end of Resolution, it kind of feels like that yeah. because it's like whatever. But whatever it is, the entity, the force, yeah. it the uh, Shitty Carl uh, says – is that him? Is That, that is him. Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he says um, it's more, it's less painful or it's less horrible somehow the death to just sort mm-hmm. of shoot or hang yourself than whatever the entity does. Right. Anyway, that's okay. I mean, I, I feel like I summarize it. They just kind of get trapped, go back and forth. They argue about leaving or not. They sort of see weird happenings along the way and then they they escape in a, in a, in a blaze of action excitement. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they really do. What a blaze of glory they go out in. <laughs> cool. If that's it, uh, are we good to, to move on? Or Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get into what worked then. Here we go. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm. What worked? I would just like to get out of the way that I really appreciate the sort of metaphor and visual thematic sort of um, – uh, what do you call that? Uh, like repeated visual Motif. motifs. Thank you. Um, of circles and mirrors and loops. And things yeah, those, like that. Those, um, those like volcanic totem things were pretty cool yeah. too. Yeah, so there's a design and, a, and a, mo- a visual motif element in this that I find quite pleasing and fun. And, it, and it, it's one of those things where I'm like, it does make me appreciate and, and like the filmmakers more because it suggests that they're thinking about things and like a, at least attempting – to have there be more layers from an artistic point of view than just, hey, here's our fun movie that we made up. It's and not I, just, hey, here are fun motifs that we... Well, <laughs> you know, that's debatable. But I'm just saying I kind of like that stuff just at its, you know, from a, from a very base point of view i yeah. i always get kind of like tickled and pleased by it if it's if it's about time loops yeah man give us circles totally dude <laughs> and i liked uh i guess on, on par with that i appreciated the presence of insects and animals throughout this mm. film as well yeah. as their other work whether it's they're like going by an anthill hey there's a circle one for you it's like a lizard doing its thing all the birds flying the, around yeah, so many days flying around <laughs> yeah the moths um like weird scorpions eating each other, all sorts of fun stuff like yep. that. It's cool. It's always – nature is always applicable. Put it in your movies, you know? Yeah, predator-prey stuff, especially in horror. It's it's yeah. primal and it gets our – you know, it gets our kind of brains primed up for that that just underlying reality of, you know, where we stand in the – what is it? In the – like the hierarchy of the food chain. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Well, uh, if the, I want to go to the other end of the spectrum now, if those were <laughs> just a couple smaller uh, things uh, to get yeah, out of the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's simple, but. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of like how I'm a sucker for this and what I love about the Friday the 13th and whatnot, their, their continuity or, you know, any long running series of any genre, yeah. actually. I get excited about that. So it was interesting with this at first, what started out as like, oh, just sort of like, same trick ponies here, one trick ponies of like the inciting incident being getting the video. And it just, as soon as they actually made it the same world um, mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, it became a lot more fun in that way. Like, and it was just, it was just cool because like, and lots of reasons, I guess. Well, you're but, expanding a universe, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're literally uh world building out from a previous movie. And it was fun with this one having like, you know, seeing resolution first and you meet the two of them briefly. There are these, you know, the cult members sort of posing as missionaries or whatever Yeah, the, at, yeah. Down by the river. It's like, it's, it's such a funny, if you look at it from, you know, you sort of reverse engineer it, they, it, it makes me wonder if how much of the, the world was fleshed out in resolution mm-hmm. because like, Benson and Moorhead play these couple cult members that are just on the reservation in resolution. Which I'm sure just because they were around, you know? It's those (laughs) three, I think. They were probably just available in the first one. Might Well, they had no budget, right? So they're like, we get, we got to just throw ourselves in, in there. And then I, I, I mean, this is speculation, but it'd be, it's, it's a fun idea that they then said, Hey, we want to expand this universe where who what characters did we meet that we could go along with well right and i mean and, that's and they you know themselves just by the by the virtue of the necessity of having to throw themselves into the resolution they then become the actors of the next story it could well, have been if they had cast other actors it would have been them right presumably yeah um, I mean, yeah, what I, what I wanted to say like, where I was going was that what's, what's so cool, you know, when they pop up in, in resolution and here's their whole movie is when you see them in resolution and you hear about, there's a cult on the grounds and yada, yada, there's a mental institution. Like I want to, when I'm watching resolution, I go, now I want to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's already setting up this lore of the land. Right. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's just why it's fun in that. Then we did get to see that movie. It's cool. And then down to the little touches too, I really liked of the, um, the red flower that they all yeah. smoke, the weird Frenchman in resolution that we meet. His, and the, his trailer, they go, yeah. Yeah, they go back and visit his trailer and he leaves, you know, out some red flower if they want to smoke it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just so fun. Then once we get here in the endless and she she's like rolling the joint of the red flower and we go, oh, it's the same. Oh, oh. <laughs> At least if you're watching them in the order I did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even little things like the actress Kira Powell, who plays Lizzie, who's sort of the, she's kind of, she's the artist. She's the one who's drawing charcoal drawings and stuff in the endless. She, I don't think it's the same actor but she is playing the role of the girl in the in resolution that was tapping on chris's window in the cabin that scares mike oh that's the same character i'm I'm pretty sure um so they're like they basically took everybody they could every character they could to tie into the endless and just yeah 
built out a story about them. I mean, one of my favorites I thought was really cool was the wife of the main guy. I love in, that. In Resolution, who's now, follow, you know, is getting trying to get help from this cult to find him. Yeah, Jennifer, I think, is the character's name. Yeah, who I, like, I totally recognize. And at first I just go, oh, yeah, they're just reusing the same actors. But right, nope. right. <laughs> then as soon as she explained <laughs> what she was doing there, you go, oh, crazy, cool. Um, that was, yeah. So touches like that. I don't know. It's fun. And I don't know. It, it, that was, especially watching them in succession, made uh made it all that much more rewarding and yeah if you're gonna be i think there's a cool lesson in there if you're gonna be exploring very similar ideas and you're you know you're making multiple films about them yeah tie it tie it into this your own view of universe or whatever you want to call it in this case well, I the, think, yeah, the benson moorhead averse <laughs> right exactly i think that there's a there is a brilliance behind that that simple conceit that you're an indie filmmaker and you know your audience basically, right? Like they made a name for themselves with a very meta, psychological, weird indie movie. And th- that audience wants more of that. They, they they catapulted those two dudes to at least some larger recognition. And so they've just continued to double down on what that audience was into on the first movie. Now, granted, they're also probably making the movies they want to make, like, totally cool. But, like, you could, like, I have a bunch of movies that have nothing to do with each other, right? Like, um, thematically or otherwise. And lots of directors have lots of movies that are, you know, that are their thing right it's their signature but they're not connected in any way but like the audience that likes these movies likes them because they are connected in a lot of ways right that's part of the appeal so you know when you go see now in particular when you go see a benson moorhead movie or moorhead and benson there's a very good possibility that you'll get some deeper meta tie-in sort of universe thing and that's i think that's super cool as just a decision to make now at some point i think you you probably should break that but you don't have to yeah you can always i mean like what they did with spring it's like the little just that little nod of a character exactly whatever it's like Um, that thing it's just it's a novel thing right or and and we'll see where synchronic goes with yeah, it. I'm you know, it all now. sounds. It'll be interesting to see. Um, okay, I mean, well, what else here, man? That's just a little, it's very little. I like to say there's a lot more that was still working with this. I mean, anything that involves a cult is always cool exploring. <laughs> yeah. And I think my what's always so fascinating to me about cult stories, both in real life and fiction, is how they often use valuable truths they they exploit valuable truths to get at sinister aims whether intentional or not so yes so like in the case of this one you know they have these truthisms about hey you know this is what we have a good community here we're eating healthy we're having fun like what's What's there's no leader. wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, there's no leader, apparently. But then we know, like, even though they're... 
I mean, how I answer that question that's posed for myself is even if they may be, you know, just as quote unquote stuck in a job they don't like or blah, 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 you know, in in the, the outside world, the default world which is also another whole cool theme in itself of just what perspective just makes a world just because one's bigger or one's lesser doesn't make it more or less or whatever, you know. Uh, That actually is More real or not real. That sort of central premise of like you – we all live in a loop of our own making and like how we perceive that loop is is largely what will lead us to some (laughs) – form of happiness or or contentment i love right. that that well you could idea i mean yeah because you could say our default world the world at large everyone plugs into is its own form of cult we all like right. collectively form of insanity where we value you know a do- the dog eat dog mentality is the default still you right. know it's that's that's our big fight we're fighting right now you could say or we have been for all of human civilization anyway what how i kind of answer that question for myself though is where i was getting to of you know is it the same to be stuck in how we perceive what they're in as a cult or the outside world even if they feel like they're stuck in a dead-end job or whatever that when you're connected to the larger reality um the opportunity for breaking uh, out of your loop is there. Yeah, Justin the oppor- even says he's like, yeah, but what about free will? Right. The opportunity for just random intervention is there mm-hmm. more so too. Like it's it's yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I gotta it, say. There on was that. a moment in the movie when they were talking about this type of stuff where I had the thought I was like, I almost wonder if some of these themes came out of writer's block. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's often that like a good tool to help you get out of writer's block is to write about the feeling of being trapped and not having an idea that can uh, propel you forward. And, you know, like Barton Fink, for example, I think is the one that, that the Coen brothers did that was have, really, truly came out of that. Have you watched Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza yet? Black Bear? No. Okay. I don't it's know just, of it. It's, it's a new release from 2020. Oh, you got to cool. watch it. It's, yeah. it's that exactly. You'll like yeah. it. So I, I think that stuff's really cool. I mean, who knows? That's conjecture on my part as to where they were coming from or if it was just the thing they wanted to to write about thematically. But either way, I, I always kind of appreciate that questioning of our our realities and like what does it all mean, right? Like like what's the point kind and- of questions. <laughs> More too on just like an example of what I was saying, the, the good and the bad of the cult. I think I liked putting in there that, um, God, sorry, I'm just always going to forget who's who in this, which one's Justin. Aaron's the younger one who likes the cult more, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> well, Justin then, the one who's um, more hesitant about the cult situation, it's saying something that he had to lie about the yeah. cult, that they are a death cult that castrates themselves <laughs> in right. order to sort of <laughs> then pull Aaron out of it. And that's saying something if he had to lie, if, if like, well, shouldn't he have been able to get him out of it just by putting it in, in real terms <laughs> about what's bad about it in order to get him to escape? So it actually it earns more points for the the situation, the camp, the cult in Aaron's book by when Justin has to lie about it to portray it as bad in a way it actually isn't. Yeah, and like there's also the big question of why why what's just like what's compelling Justin 
if he doesn't know about the the entity or the force or whatever, what's compelling him to want to get away from these people? And I, I'm not – I don't think I don't think that it's answered. I think it just sort of is there. Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But why did he go to such lengths to uh, – to to smear the 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 cult, they're not even a cult necessarily. I mean, for me, honestly, that does fall into what did not work. The motivation feels tenuous. Yes. At best. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> we can discuss it later. Um, but like I, you know, the the unraveling. I don't know if you call it unraveling. Uh, the, the resolution, I think, does this maybe better i'm not sure but like tracking down clues like following the the breadcrumbs i guess is probably the best way to put it that stuff in this i find really fun um where it goes i think you know ultimately is not necessarily good but but the act of it like as a as a storytelling device having people having to try and figure a thing out and getting led along the way and like going into different places and environments and like meeting new people feels very uh very fairy tale esque to me which is something i i generally really like you know it's like it's kind of like the hobbit you know the you know it's like bilbo's been given a sort of a a very simple uh task but the 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 story is really about who he meets along the way. But there's no simple task in this one. I agree. I'm saying that the who he meets along the way aspect of it is a thing that I like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, lots of kooky characters for sure along the way. <laughs> yeah, and that just the exploration of what like following along with a character who's trying to figure something out and and crossing paths with all these kooky characters. And like to some degree, they figure some stuff out, but I think that just generalized uh, device or or way of plotting out a story is appealing to me. My favorite kooky character they ran across, and this is this is honestly, I think this was maybe tied for my favorite part aspect at all in the film was as because as it does what I really like, you know, pursue potent possibilities, a promise of the premise. We have this this premise of time loops getting stuck in them. So to have like this dude looks like from the early nineteen hundreds or whatever, maybe one of the French guys they mention um in, in oh, the like the sort of prospector guy. Yeah, who's basically I would say he's even like mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah, he's he's trapped in his Yeah, you're right. He's older than the French yeah researchers would have been he's just in his own little tent basically committing suicide or getting blown up or something yeah he's getting like blown up over and over basically yeah, but it's, it's just yeah he, it's just that horror he's, of he's his getting, loop is so short yeah exactly Ugh. so that's a question that would come up that's the kind of thing it's like well okay time loops couldn't you have a really really short one and oh god how horrific would that be to be trapped in that and we get to see that and Ugh. it is indeed horrifying yeah and even even that the, that he's aware and he is conscious that he's repeating makes it all that much more horrifying because if that was you when you want it to be fresh every and newly conscious Ugh. every time but to be trapped and then we know that because he turns to 
uh, Aaron and sort of is like, get out of here. Don't <laughs> <Yeah>. come closer. <laughs> and that's, oh, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, that that's one's fate. good. Yeah. I mean, I think him him and, and Shitty Carl's loops are the, are the most fun. Yeah. You know, they're just, I, I, and look, I, to be honest, well, the whole concept of the loop being caught in this time loop thing and like how we get to see them in different, the different versions of them. We have four, right? Because we have the camps, we have the resolution duos, and then we have Shitty Carl's, and then we have the friend, uh, and then we have um, the, the old prospectors. Yeah, I think that's all we get. Is that? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so like of those, like I think that component, getting to see how the, how, the characters exist in their loop and what it does to them. That's my favorite stuff of the movie for sure. Right. My, yeah. My, um, my favorite stuff is just kind of original imagery and ideas mm. in it. The two, the two in this one, I mean, that's what I thought resolution does so well is just this idea of media of, power using our media as a means to communicate with us mm-hmm. i won't it's gonna sound like i'm saying it as a, a don't work uh or it didn't work um but in this one it was much it felt more on the level of a gimmick versus anything like actual kind of haunting mm. or eerie or how does this work um but it was fun in that but yeah. um anyway the things that I, I really really loved in this one the moments were yeah original imagery whatever moments the baseball trick just when that was done was (laughs) so cool where we set up this guy kind of does like okay whatever magic tricks you know he's not really doing the pick a card very well and then (laughs) incredible thing where he throws the baseball up in the air or you know we think he's faking it and then holds out the i guess it's justin's hand and the ball falls into it like, you know, 15 seconds later is super cool. We yeah. get it shown later on basically, but in that moment, I, I, it's, it's super fun and weird and original. Love that. And then kind of a little, a step under that, but I still really, really liked was the tug of war with mm-hmm. an unseen force. Like that's, that's what I want from these kind of movies. Yeah. That's about an unknown unseen force like where it actually doesn't show us anything. It's it's shrouded in darkness. We know everyone from the camp is accounted for. Yeah, yeah. We know that the rope is being held by something else that like it's being brought from low to the ground to 20 feet high in the air in a way that would be quite the mechanical thing, you know device to pull off. <laughs> right. And even then how strong it is is not something that we could see as he puts in the movie, a dude on the ladder being able to pull off. Um, and just something I haven't seen before. And right. it, it gets at this, oh, what is this force beyond? It's it's cool. It was great. I, I really like that. Yeah, I mean, it really makes me wonder about the way the way to do that stuff. Like, I love all of those things that just make it, you know, they're breaking our sense of what can happen, right? Like, we go, whoa, that's unnatural. Like, something's something's up with this thing, right? Whatever it may be, it's breaking some rules of our reality. And so when you put those types of things into films and into stories, it it begs the question for me, the bigger question of how much do we want those unnatural things explained by the end of the movie? 
And I'm not – I honestly don't have an answer. I'm not sure where I would land with that. Um, in this movie, they they explain it up to a point. It's not really an explanation. It's just another point of view on the unnatural thing, right? Like the rope falling out of the sky. We know that there's this entity or maybe it's multiple entities. I don't know if that's ever really suggested, but – at least one entity that's doing all these things. But we never really learn what that entity is in any real concrete way. Yeah. So I'm not – It to me, it's a, it's a, like a really interesting question from a storytelling point of view as to like when and how far you go with the explanation of things that are an unreality. Or is it better to leave it? unanswered because that's kind of part of the point that there are some things that we just can't know could you remember to ask that again and what did not work (laughs) sure um there's one other thing that i i had kind of a realization and it made things feel better to me about the mechanics of what they're setting up so there's this sort of you know this central idea that the entity communicates through um, media, basically, whether it be pictures, photographs, tape recordings, audio, video. Uh, is that about Projectors. it? Projectors, <laughs> yeah. So you get the idea. Yeah. Any sort of you know, audio, uh, AV medium, and or f- pictures, whatever. So, like, that's fine. I have other thoughts on that for later. But what I was always hung up on up until today, really, was was the thing of, like, when they're getting these communications, um, it's messing with time. So, for example, the first video they get is of the – the woman with the the yellow scarf at the cult saying we're going to we're going to ascend and whatever and then when they bring it up everybody there is like yeah we never made that video i don't know Just what like you're talking about like in resolution about. exactly same thing in resolution and in resolution they're they're seeing videos of things that are happening in the future and then catching up with it stuff like that and so i was always like yeah but they never really establish a a uh, an explanation that is satisfying to me as to as to what the mechanics of that are. And so initially I was going to put this all in a thing that did not work. Now I think I get – at least I have a theory as to why it works and I think that if, if it is my assumption, like if what they were trying to accomplish is my assumption, then it, it is now what worked. <laughs> and that is that every time loop – exists sort of insular to itself and they have carried out generally about the same actions through their time loop with variation, slight variation. So they can get a video of that woman saying we're going to ascend and in, in time, in present time because that time loop had occurred any number of times to completion previously. And that video is from 
one of the previous time loops. It's not from the current one. And if it does break down because we now we know that some people remember their previous time loops or are aware that they're in a time loop, so that's a whole other issue. But presuming <laughs> that they don't, you know, it was so it was so many time loops ago that that happened that they just for, have forgotten that they did that thing. If you make that assumption, then it makes sense that they could be receiving images or video of things from that perceived to be in the future of that time loop because of where you you are in the time loop. I know this is so convoluted. <laughs> oh my god, Tim, that <laughs> but but I, it made it make sense to me in a way that I was like, okay, I'm cool with that and I kind of like thinking about it. Because it's, it's always fun great. to think about time travel and and like temporal you know, breaking down the temporal sort of things. I will give you that it's fun. It gives you something fun to think about, that that's a could be a what worked. Well, so, but- and I think that that ultimately is what I think, successful or not, I think that's the appeal of these movies for a lot of people. And that's yeah. it. And And to me... To a certain degree, it, it, I, I'm I'm down. Like I want to see more of their movies for that reason because they may not be executing it perfectly and it may not be working across the board, but they keep like chipping away. And I kind of feel like they're going to get to a point at some time in their careers when they nail it. I'm just I looking hope. forward to that because <laughs> – in the the meantime, it feels just like what we say always doesn't work about things is missed opportunities. Like yeah. these are all ideas I love, and it now we're wearing what worked. <laughs> um, what else worked um, for me? Um, I thought it was smart that they did at a certain point present the idea that uh, God, what's his name, the one from Resolution, the guy who's Chris, the drug addict. Um, yeah, Chris, it's Chris, yeah, it's Michael and Chris from that one. When Chris presents the idea to Justin from this one that this force, you have to just run from it. There's mm-hmm. no beating it or outsmarting in a certain sense. Yes, but that he makes it sound like it. That presents that that it can be outrun, you know, or at least <laughs> yeah, that yeah. there is the hope. So Justin's we had to have some kind of, at a certain point, because you could go the color out of space route, um, or I don't want to use a specific example, let's say, where um, it is all about the descent and everything going wrong and the fact that if something, you know, evil is not able to be beaten, <laughs> maybe it can be just a little bit escaped, but in the end it can't be beaten. So so since this movie wasn't really embracing that, it felt like, like, of there wasn't like worse and worse and worse stakes in a way. Mm, mm-hmm. It was just kind of got to a big explosive finish. It was, I thought it was really smart to present that idea or convenient. Um, you can run from it. You should run from it. Cause that mm. at least gives us some stakes to hold on to of like, Oh, we just got to see them get out of it. Can they get away from it? As yeah. simple as that. That made it work because it yeah. was simple. And and from a metaphorical point of view, I, I like that. It's just a it's it's one way of l- perceiving or looking at 
the world and and you how you live in, in any world um you know you can from a philosophical point of view if you're stuck you can focus on the fact that you're stuck and that will from you know a certain point of view that can potentially just feed into you being stuck because you get you get kind of fixated on the fact that you're stuck and you don't move forward or you can reject it and run run in the other direction and that could be your salvation like i think that's a fun philosophical debate to have and it's fun to watch that uh you know be imbued into a character arc um and and see it play out in a, in a in an actual like physical way was that imbued into a character arc in this well one? i think it's justin or it's yeah it's mm, it's their debate to leave the it, cult or exactly not. it's the two yeah, yeah. of them sort of their conflict revolves around that idea do you embrace being stuck that's sort of what J- justin is doing that he's embracing being stuck in reality and having this shitty life for for the the sake of his brother um and i mean they're basically mirrors of each other because aaron the younger one is trying to run away from or run back to um from his shitty reality right and then they flip-flop when they get to the cult right justin's like i gotta get out of here i want to run away from this reality and aaron is saying no i want to embrace it and like it's not so bad is it so like i think that the that's a fun device and a fun sort of uh what would you call it like hinge for these two characters to like they're the two sides of this of the hinge right and they're trying to figure out how they can uh you know i mean but by the end they're like let's just get out of here true (laughs) but i in the development of the ideas i think that there's something in that that is fun (laughs) great uh anything else to to say your piece on what worked about the endless Um, for you i think there's some pretty good visual stuff going on um there's also some not so great visual stuff unfortunately that we can talk about but there are definitely moments where I was like, man, that's cool. Like that looks really cool. Like the monolith stuff and like that whole sequence of them traveling through the different bubbles and seeing how the effect of anybody who is in a bubble and maybe for long periods of time, for example, like the big monolith that implies that there was a whole civilization that was trapped in in a bubble that – was there the bubble was long enough for them to build a monolith to the entity and i will say this uh you know drone availability now it's a kind of debate is it being overused whatever whatever this is a great example of when to use it if you have an omniscient presence in the sky who's always looking down i feel like that's that (laughs) wasn't a good excuse to use drones looking straight down out no what i mean it's just if you yeah Motivate your camera appropriately, right? Which my favorite example <laughs> of was just the classic, like looking down at them when they're over the lake and kind of seeing something yeah. big underneath them. That's that's yeah, I like. So there's that. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of visual uh, elements and and compositions that I think are they're working in the in the realm of 
A, they're interesting to look at, but B, they're they're big, right? Like they they create a sense of a bigness or a, a scope in this movie that if you didn't have them, I think the movie would would really just feel like a low budget kind of we threw this together indie not threw it together but you know what i mean like we we're we're making a scrappy movie so it eh, i know <laughs> it's still kind of there uh but i think it helps right and i and i like the design of those things i think that's really what i'm getting at the design is cool and it creates a sense of eeriness and a sense of wonder and you know, a largeness or a potential largeness to this world. It helps with the world building of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked all that stuff. So that's a that's about it for me. <laughs> cool. Great. Shall we move on then? Yes. All right. Next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What? Work. <laughs> oh man what was the thing i was supposed to remind you of <laughs> i was just gonna ask you that our listeners are Damn saying it. it was this it was this it oh was... man um it was the <laughs> damn i don't remember i should have written it down <laughs> well we'll find oh, it we'll okay get to I, it. I i i mean i know Okay, I mean, here, any any point is as good as jumping off point anyway. I think it might have been when you were talking about the... Um, oh, character arc of Justin and, like, the motivation? R- no, I was... G- actually, it is something else, I think, that uh, you were talking about. I wanted to say something to it. Whatever. We'll hopefully get there in the end. <laughs> I'm sure um, we will. <laughs> when you were talking about you liking the... The, the 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 mystery and the clues being left and mm-hmm. that aspect of it that was there and working for me in resolution because it didn't cross this line of losing the sense of awe and mystery mm. this one it felt like yeah you know i kind of perk up when he dives to get so the thing at the bottom of the lake he's told to get and it, but then when it what it turns out to be, it's the evidence that they lied about the cult. It's just kind of like, oh, oh, okay, whatever. I don't know. And like the way this may seem different at first, but you'll see where I'm going. Like the way the rope falls, uh, like kind of in the middle of their circle with like this big obvious sound effect. It it felt like it did just kind of give us too much of this. Mm this entity there was no mystery anymore there only was in the sense of that you we don't have a word for what it is mm. which is a cool idea to bring up but then you have to retain that sense of mystery and awe to that and this one i mean by the end it was just so, okay so i guess yeah putting it in the sense of yeah so there really wasn't any satisfying like clues building on each other in this one for me mm-hmm. in that sense it was just kind of like it just kind of gets us to the next thing but then but then yeah then we're also that led to was by the end it's just like here's a good example like i thought it was so cool this is a what worked 
when they're at the French dude who isn't there's trailer and there's that moment where you're like, oh, if media can repeat itself and we're seeing stuff from the movie we're watching, there's the projector showing the moment from the movie and then showing the, and then it's the projector showing the moment from the movie, projector showing that moment from the movie over and over and over in there. Right. The infinite That's cool. Loop. That does it right there and is such a unique, you know, neat thing to show in this movie. But then we have it like the projector flies off into the openness <laughs> and like hits these like Gungan bubbles floating there in the desert. And you're just like, okay, cool. At least I was. I'm just like, this is too much. And then by the end, you have like them driving away in the car. The tankers are exploding. And this is a whole big giant CG bubble. And I'm just like, that, I don't. That moment for me really, oh, man. There's just, I think my biggest issue with this and probably other movies of this ilk if you're going to set up these big questions, you have two choices, I think, in order to make it pay off. You either answer the question or you make the movie not about the questions. That's what I want to say. Like it, comparing it to Lost is what I thought of. Like people complained about Lost in the sense that each clue only made the mystery more confusing or weirder or didn't answer anything. That's what's cool about it is, you know, like keep that sense of mystery, have it just be another weird puzzle piece that just, just adds a whole new kind of angle to it, which is just not at all what this one was doing. But again, in defense of resolution, I did think was working. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I just, yeah, there's there, – it's a really, really hard thing to nail. Here's – I was kind of on another thread too. Do you mind if I please it out of the way? Um, th- as far as, yeah, when you're kind of bringing up what what is the line that you shouldn't cross in retaining a sense of awe and mystery and, and whatever, whatever. It's – I think if you can show something or hear something – and still have it feel quote unquote real, then that's when that's as far as you can take it. Because these are all like, you know, these are hypotheticals that we're maybe in touch with as being, you know, possibilities or have experienced a lesser form of that we can't explain or something, you know, as far as the the currently unexplainable by our science, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. So like whether it's you know, the end of resolution when they have to give like a roar to the monster and, you know, from its point of view and you're kind of just like, <laughs> right. uh, you know, that's an example of too much. Or in, or in this, like, like, yeah, I get it maybe for narrative reg- audience registering reasons. Like you have to have the noise for when they blip back into existence after their cycle. Uh-huh. Um, but it just doesn't sound... It, it, it's I don't know. It, it sounds like it's just only doing that job. Again, it doesn't. I don't know how that would sound, but that's the fun and the discovery and the level of filmmaking you have to do it at. Where it's like when we hear it, we go, "Oh wow, that is how that would sound," or not sound. Mm-hmm. Show, you know, make a way to show us that that doesn't have a sound to show. You see what I'm getting at? Like it's yeah. got to. Yeah. <laughs> so something that's not real has to feel real, and this movie is just at a certain point just completely crosses that line yeah. and we're just yeah, yeah, off yeah. to the races and I kind of just go, well, if this is going to be kind of a sci-fi action movie, like why then the, 
that any attempt at suspense just makes it boring and just kind of loses me because it's not that in the end. Right. Well, what it makes me realize is I I think, and this may just be my personal taste, but I, I would I would almost posit that one of the main questions of this movie is what is this higher entity, higher power? What is it? And that's a that's that's a question that human beings have asked forever. What is if there is something bigger than us? What is it? And we've spent you know millennia as a species trying to answer that. We've come up by you know we come up with all different versions of what it could be, whether it be myth or or religion or whatever. Right? That is a very, very human thing to do. And this movie is presenting that same question and just pushing us a little bit further along toward a potential answer. But they, another way it goes too far in that for me, you know, I already said the one, yes. was that it was, um, it gave whatever that is too much personality so exactly. that it doesn't seem like an unknown threat anymore. That's right. So Again, that, the way that's what I it think plops is the down failing. the yeah, the way it plops down the rope, the way it enjoys right. torturing them. Like, no, no, that just makes it it's kind of like yeah, I don't know, it's just not scary at that point. So here so here's my theory. My theory is the way for the way in for that kind of main major question of a story is not to try and answer the question it's to experience as the viewer how the question is affecting the protagonists or any of the characters for that matter and so i think in resolution you make a good point right it goes too far in the end to have mike yelling at the monster and then the monster or whatever the entity sort of growls back. Then it, it, it's too much of a definition of the thing and it pulls us away from Mike's experience. What I think would be more effective and this definitely applies and can apply to The Endless is it's more about how it's affecting Mike or, or Justin and Aaron in, in The Endless. And if you were to depict them – coming face to face with an answer and and we don't get to see it they see it and we experience how they react to it through them we then go holy shit like what could it be like the baseball like the lighthouse mm. right the lighthouse does as this- in the movie not a, not an object <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like the movie the lighthouse the lighthouse does exactly what I'm talking about by having us experience his reaction to what he sees and leaves that the leaves it's not a it's not about answering the question it's about us as human beings experiencing the answer experiencing the mystery right and I think that these movies that's probably the thing that really ultimately holds them back is that they're trying to it's it's it needs to be one they're right in the middle of of the spectrum that I think it could be on and the the two ends of the spectrum are what would 
really make it work. One end is we, we, the audience, never get to see anything. We only experience it like what the answer is through the characters. We're getting and, up to a point. That's right. that, some indefinable line or right. we try to define it line. Or, or the other direction is to really just show it. Show us the monster, right? Like have it be alien. We see the monster. We go, holy fuck, that thing's scary and it's going to get them. And then it's the experience of watching them try to solve that problem. So we know what the threat is. It's defined. We know what they have to do. We get to get on the ride of watching them figure it out and survive. Yeah. This At a is, certain point, you feel like you see the monster. Right. Like, and this is, like, this like is when right we, in the middle. We, when we reveal, like, uh, on the, the end of the spectrum, I liked at least where or where it started. You know, maybe you do dislike both and get on board with both. But I said I love the baseball thing. But then later when they showed from the entity's point of view, it just holding, you know, the baseball just floating there as if it's holding it and letting it go. Again, that's that's exactly what I don't want to see or don't need to see, yep. you know, <laughs> too much. Yeah, we already know that that's what was going on. Yeah, but by the end, we're, yeah, I, I guess it was just the whole big circle thing was there exploding the forest and everything. That is when I felt like I was essentially looking at the monster, you know, and it became exactly what you're saying. Whereas I liked it in that first chunk when just something just violently shakes a tree in the background mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's eerie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Two, two, two ends of a spectrum. So uh, I, ends of a, a spectrum. Yeah. I think that kind of, I, I, it helps, uh, it helps to sort of focus in on the other thing we were kind of talking about, about like the characters and like what their motivation is and like like why – I think the thing you asked me to remember was why why does Justin – like what's his motivation at all to to smear the the cult? Like I did ask that, but that wasn't what I asked no. you to ask me. <laughs> OK, well, I am wondering that one, right? Like yeah. it doesn't work. Like there's a lot of open-ended motivation that just is not tied together in a way that, that – matters or makes sense right there's a lot of sort of almost contradiction in behavior you know like the rules aren't really clear and i i wonder if the if you know the filmmakers know the rules but just didn't quite figure out how to translate them in a way that satisfies us or if they are actively participating in the idea of things being confusing and not lining up with some set of rules and i think that's a really dangerous place to to dance around yeah you know you can't just be mysterious for mysterious's sake right like you do have to we need to latch on to something and when things start to really be like fall apart in the in the logic realm or the character motivation logic it's hard to stay in for me at least. I'm like, but that yeah. doesn't make sense. Why the fuck would they do this if if they they just said the opposite thing? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Right. I mean, yeah, you're usually better at breaking this all down than me as far as the character motivations and lack thereof. But I was definitely feeling it uh, in the bad way of... I was just never... It was weird. Like, I felt like the acting was, like, good and fine. It's and, fun. like, some of their interactions, it was all there. But, like... I was just never invested in 
what was going on with either of them or it just never felt like an actual thread that mm-hmm. was there. All the conflicts always felt like they were kind of only dealt with on like the, the tippy top most level. Very, of, very much so. Well, I, I want to go and you don't want to go. So what are we going right. to do? And then they just sort of repeat that later. And I don't yeah, know. I it mean, didn't, you, didn't explore that is, at all. Yeah, there like. isn't enough. There is not enough depth to the characters for them to behave the way that they're behaving. There just yeah. isn't, right? Like we need more. If your whole premise is what is the thing – what is the higher power that like controls us or like controls our reality? If that's your premise, your your characters need to really, really have some history with that question. And you can do it in all sorts of different ways, right? Like you could do it metaphorically or you could do it physically. You know, you could like there – if there is a god – Right. If you're if you're dealing with that sort of question, is there a God? Is he a a just God or is he an angry God? You know, and then if he's an angry God or she, uh, why? Like what what does it all mean then? Like what's the point? Like why do parents abuse their kids? Right. Like like if that – why do cults exist? Why do they work? Why do people fall into them? If If we're having to deal with those questions, we need to see – or at least have the characters we need to get it from them at some point a reflection of their experience you know to to the other characters or to us we need to see them ref- literally reflect on that experience from their past or whatever they have to come face to face with it at a certain point and that's really the thing that never happens in this the only face to face is between the brothers being like okay well now we agree that we should get out of here maybe a simple way to do that would to be give them clear arcs as far as like justin is the one who wants to stay at a certain point and aaron's the one who wants to leave at a certain point that's you right know, they, they go yeah in there and then you can find out why you can mm-hmm. find out what happened and like this movie is kind of made for that in a way. Like you, you, you've you, created a, a set of rules that actually really benefit this idea of if, if I decide that I need to face my the, – the misgivings of the past, well, you're now in a time loop where you're getting information from other times that you tried to solve your problems. You could, yeah. you could directly have them meet those things. <laughs> and you know it just instead we we get this it's almost like a cheap out okay the mo- the the monsters decided to get mad and and it's time to get out of here yeah um two things that kind of threw me off a little this is a smaller one but i think makes a difference or shows a lack of focus that that you go into it the description of this and what they say up front is that this is a ufo death cult <laughs> yeah why do they say the UFO thing at all? Just call it a death cult. Like it only just kind of made it less focused and made you go, oh, where are the UFOs at? The whole movie. Right. I don't know. It's just, just weird. Well, I think um, they're just going off of the thing, the the idea that there's this thing in the sky. But the, but like. <laughs> I don't think it fo- works. Fo- focus in on the time loop thing, which is the death cult aspect of them committing suicide at the end of every time yeah. loop. It's just a perfect, I don't know. It's It's a. It's fitting way to put it as there's just a little bit too much going on in this, I feel like. 
Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, which, there's so many directions you can go with that idea too. Like a cult that that believe, like, what if the cult believes, like, they know that they're in a time loop? If you if you were faced with that, that it, like, you, okay, so let's just say you, you're them, right? You you were raised in a cult that's whole idea is end days are coming, salvation happens when the time loop ends. And then we get we get reborn. That's a that's a very culty idea, you know that there's there's a fixed amount of time here, and that we're living just so we can make it to the end of the thing, so that we can be reborn. I mean, that's but, like hey, religion. I mean, but we see in this one they aren't wrong. Exactly. That's that's my point. Is they're not wrong, and so your main character escaped that, believing that that was nonsense and goes back only to discover that it wasn't nonsense that really would trip out your brain because you'd say oh shit well then what what is real what is right at this point because everything i rejected everything i was initially indoctrinated into i rejected because i think i value free will and i don't believe that what these people are saying is the right thing and you go back to find out that they were right, uh, that's going to fuck you up. And that's important because it's sort of putting the old idea of why cults are bad on its head. And then you, and then I think you're off to the races because you get to see how that um, fracturing of what your belief system is, you get to see that occur to a character. I mean, we yeah, are seeing we're seeing it right now, and I think it's in in the real world, and it's really fascinating and really sad and upsetting. Like there are people who you know who have gotten into like these sort of like the QAnon sort of realm, and that that the reality of that is starting to fracture for some of them. And we see footage of people really being like, "Wait, what we're what we believe in isn't okay with the rest of the world." And they're having to come to terms with that. Like indoctrination and like deprogramming from cult programming <laughs> is a really f- intense and like tragic thing. And it never really exists in this movie, which yeah, I think is, is is a big miss. Like you, you missed a, an opportunity to like explore something further that can help out your premise. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. If yeah, all you're saying is um, feels like a lot of missed opportunity for a movie that deals with a cult. It feels like both in the sense that you're talking about of like when we were touching on character and how how being in and questioning being in a cult or not could just do so much for a character, but just seemed completely nil. And I, I kind of like wonder. Just I'm trying to look at like another maybe trap they just ended up in. You know, they built themselves, dug themselves into with this movie, or the direction they went was since it was a sequel to Resolution, it feels like they tried to, like, you think, okay, that means if it's a sequel, it's expanding on it, you got to go bigger. And Mm -hmm. the way they went with that was what I've already talked about just big action explosion by the end. The monster's not scary anymore because we've seen 
it or we know it too much to be scary. So it just was, but it felt like at the same time it was still trying to deliver on some of that that horror, dread, and mystery. I mean, with those opening quotes, you know, whatever I had that was getting at that. Yeah, that's like, like a Lovecraft one. And- yeah, so, so it, it, yeah, it just felt like a muddled bridge between two kinds of movies in the way you put it. Yeah, no, that's right. I I think that there's, because I like to do this, this sort of how would I have done this um, exercise. And I think for for me, kind of the things that are lacking can can at least be helped along if you do just one really simple thing. Do not have the brothers together at the beginning. If you have Justin, everything else is exactly the same. They were two kids. Justin got his brother out. They, you know, got a bunch of press about it. All this stuff happened. But the movie starts at the same place except Aaron has already left. Oh, having that perspective and point of view would have helped so much. So if we start with Justin living this mundane life, cleaning houses, and he's alone and he's getting message uh, – gets a message or whatever, he maybe doesn't even need to get a message. All we need to know is that his brother ha- is gone and he needs to figure out what to do. Does he – like everything would be implicated that – and he would believe he's like he's probably back at the cult, right? Like probably. Am I going to make that choice to go back to this thing that I escaped from? And th- like if you start there, you get a lot of the things we're talking about right off the bat, right? Like you get to see him going through this thing singularly. And then when he meets up with his brother, his brother could immediately be like, no, no. You should not have come here because I figured out I was wrong. And then you can have that dance where they then do like uh, good stories, you know. Right. It could have been like uh, he gets a message from Aaron telling him, here's where I am. Do not come and get me. Right. Right. (laughs) And then so, of course, he does. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, stuff like that. Then, Then you're really off to the races because it's like you get to have the characters flip, right? I think part of what really hurts this movie is watching Aaron he's on one trajectory the whole way until the very 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 end which is I want to go back to the cult and he just stays there he's like I like it here things are good I want to stay what's the big deal right that's his whole he has no character arc he's got one singular direction the whole time that's what I'm saying switch along the way who wants to stay and leave yeah and Justin you know, he kind of stays on the same path, but he get like they both kind of discover some stuff. It's just it's very like you said, it's right on the surface. It never really dives deeper into where they're coming from and the messiness of putting yourself into uh you know going back to a thing that you left or because nothing's ever challenging their preconceived notions. Right. It's just kind of like uh-oh, we're more and more trapped. What do we do? Yeah. Things are weirder. Uh-oh. Yeah, so like I just think that a very simple adjustment could have focused in the trajectory of things. That would have been great. I yeah. like that idea. 
Okay, how about some specific questions of like, what was going on here? I wanted to ask you, <laughs> pose to you. Um, oh, man. So why didn't, when, when they meet Michael and Chris, why doesn't Justin tell Michael, I've, your wife is at this cult camp? Like, because he registers it. We see him totally. registering it. So why doesn't he tell him? If especially if they're going back there, I don't, I don't know. That really bothered me. Me too. I was like, dude, just. I mean, maybe because you don't want the movie to turn into a story uh, about Mike and his wife, but you can avoid that. He could just be like, dude, you don't have to do this. Actually, it would be more to the point of the movie if if Justin shows up and goes, "Holy shit, Mike!" Like. Yeah, remember me? I was that cult dude who, like, saw you and now, like, and Mike acknowledges, everybody acknowledges, we're in these time loops. Like, Justin's in on it now. And he goes, shit, dude, well, I got bad news. Like, your wife is waiting for you. Like, you can end this. It's, it would set up the possibility of salvation for Justin and Aaron. And then maybe it just could have been like, yeah, we have they team up for a little bit, and then the entity smites Michael along the way. You or, know, like or even even more depressing. Justin tells Mike that his wife is waiting for him, and Mike refuses to accept it. He says, or he just accepts his. He's trying. He's outwardly saying, "I want to get out of this loop," but if he chooses not to go with Justin. We that's so tragic. We go, oh shit, he's in. He's locked into his loop so hard that even though nah. he's saying he wants to leave, <laughs> he's gonna stay. I wouldn't have bought that because I mean, there was whole thing is they would do anything to get back with each other. Maybe, yeah. Well, I um, mean, in that case, yeah, like you're saying, have Mike try to leave, and yeah. and it just he can't. He he hits the wall, especially because he says. I my strategy is just trying different things. I think he would try oh, to go. Or them. I would even go so far as have him get to the point of being able to walk through the wall and have him be able to like penetrate it a little bit and have Chris, who's still taught chained up in the cabin, be like, Mike, Mike, like what what the fuck are you doing? And that's that's the whole premise of resolution is that Mike right. refuses to leave Chris and have him choose in that moment to not go through and go back to to like save Mike and that Great. that choice or to save Chris, excuse me, that choice to try and go back and save Chris keeps him in the loop. It like closes the door. Yeah, because maybe like he's now that he's sort of maybe he can remember the path on how to get there again, but he can't leave Chris behind. You could totally take out the wife having gone and looked for them. And I still wouldn't have bought that they didn't at least try to go with them right. back to the cult camp. Sure. Sure, yeah. Like, that was the weird thing to be, yeah, it's like, okay, they're trapped in this thing. Someone can take you to a completely new location, and these are people who are trying to escape. Yeah. Don't you want to at least try to team up with them? Everyone's, I mean, maybe that's the point, but everyone who's, like, stuck in their loop felt like they were actually stuck in their loop in a weird way. You know, like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, you you think kind of a basic, like, logic. You think these two showing up all of a sudden after however many, you know, uncountable times repeating this thing, that would be a big deal and you'd want to at least attend. Anyway, whatever. Right, um, right. Okay, another question. Okay. So why was Aaron rushing to stop the cult at the end from killing themselves if he knew and knows that 
the whole point is they're they're killing themselves intentionally to reset their loop. Like, d- yeah. Hmm. I <laughs> the the I, I I still think it's it's murky as to whether or not they are intentionally killing themselves. Oh, that was another thing on on Mike and um sorry on on Mike and uh, on Chris was that how it started, how their loop restarted exactly how resolution starts, yet they say they know about their loops. It was just another weird, like, like when they, when they start the scene, if they had known they had just, if they were retaining their knowledge from the previous loop, why would they start their scene the same way? Anyway, that was just more, this is, (laughs) yeah, sorry. That's, that's another question. That was just, but we, that was maybe just more evidence for what we've been asking throughout is yeah. just, it's confusing. Well, that's just that there's a lot of those. And who they actually retain their memory or not. Yeah. The, there's, there's almost too many things that are set up that then get kind of undercut. Wait, so sorry. My okay, other, so, I, so my them other killing themselves. Yeah. It, it, it didn't seem to me that they were committing a mass suicide so much as that they were they knew that that was the end of the loop and that they were they were going to get smited <laughs> that's right that they were saying yeah. okay here we go we know that this is it so let's let's accept it and let it happen yeah you're right yeah it wasn't suicide but you could see how they would call an outsider would call that suicide to explain it away well and that's the thing is like don't you want in that like let's say Aaron thinks they're they're they he understands that they are accepting their fate to die in that moment but if you set it up that he and Justin believe or just he believes that they are active participants in that in in that they're like we're um you know they think that they're all taking cyanide pills or drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever the thing that you want to set up and he makes a mad dash to save them and re- and in that moment of like no i can i can stop this from happening he you know let's let's just say sorry let me go down the 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 path of logic here let's say at some point along the line he found you know they're selling they're doing the whole beer thing they're selling beer what if he finds a system in there from a previous loop, he doesn't know this, but it's from a previous loop that they at some point poisoned their own beer and they all drank drank it like a cult would and killed themselves in order to ascend out of the loop. They think that that's their salvation and it failed. And at some point along the movie, we can get details about that even if they're sort of vague details to lead him to believe, oh shit, I just discovered the cyanide keg <laughs> or whatever – Oh my God! That's how they're gonna do it. They're, they are gonna try. They are gonna mass suicide themselves, and that becomes his goal. To but he's s- known that already. Whether it's intentional or not, it shouldn't make a difference in him trying to stop them. My point is, have him not know. Like the video he gets says, "We're gonna ascend. We're accepting the end." If he translates that to mean. We are actively going to drink the Kool-Aid and kill ourselves. He has an incentive to stop them because he likes the the girl. But at this point, he's already bought into 
whether it's ascension or suicide, that their lives are going to end and they're going to restart their loop. Aaron has? Yeah. Through who? At the ending. I mean, it's just what we what we've learned and they've learned along the way. I feel like way. Aaron had Oh, I guess he learns He's, it from the prospector guy. Yeah, they no, I mean he knows that they're going to well, reset that when the full moons happen that they're going to reset, yeah. right? Or is that just was that just so obvious to the audience the whole time that I'm assuming I don't know. Knew. I mean, I think that you can make it so I I think you could debate that. I'd have to watch it again. But like let's say that he doesn't he's the one who's hanging on to well, this that idea. That would answer my question. He doesn't know that they're repeating, but I thought that was obvious. I thought they were talking about it. I don't know. <laughs> I guess him and Justin are sort of talking about it. It's it's murky. I, I just the only thing I could have thought of was he was trying to like rescue. Um, he he wanted to get uh, Anna out of there or something, and like, but he never even really her. tries. I, that's what I thought the ending was. Was him? Oh, we gotta go save her or It'd be do awesome. something. It I don't would know. Be awesome for him to like run up in that moment and like grab her hand and try to pull her out of the loop, and she just explodes in front of him yeah see that's why i thought something like that was gonna happen fucking sweet i just and then it'd be like or you know justin tackles him right before he gets them and they get to watch everybody explode and then they're like oh shit we're next or they he sees everyone but her like kill themselves in a less painful in a not as painful way they all take the cyanide or whatever it is, even though I'm sure that's horribly painful, whatever. And then basically because he tries to rescue her and she kind of goes along with it, she gets like oh, a painful, horrible death. Even better, even better, right? He slaps <laughs> he slaps the, the, the cyanide out of her hand, the Kool-Aid that's going to be an actual like, what do you call it, a, a humane death, if there is such a thing. He, he stops her from following through with the humane death and then as a result, she suffers this intensely excruciating horrifying thing in front of him we've had that set up but we never really have it pay off that would be sweet and then and then that gives them more reason to be like we gotta go we like yeah i don't know any other questions (laughs) (laughs) no it was just the other how does the time loop work if the memory thing but we just have kept bringing that up i think we've settled it's confusing and weird but you can see how that's kind of a deal breaker too like for me and like yeah it's like i don't know yeah and then i already said yeah well how was this i you know i guess we already talked about that how is this the ufo death cult should have just been called a death cult anyway. yeah i don't know i mean i guess I it was just I, to, to, it was to give them a bad name in the to the press i think just make them sound more crazy or whatever Right. Again, for, the, for I'm talking about for the sake of the movie. Like, don't you didn't? It would have helped focus it that little bit more on the them them killing themselves or the them getting smited into staying in the loop. Anyways, man, that's those are my questions. Was the like thing that you piece. asked me to bring back up the idea that I brought up about the loops, uh, the material like the videos or photographs or whatever could be from previous loops and they don't necessarily remember it (laughs) and if if so then that's exactly why i wanted to say on that i was really annoyed that the initial video of her saying we're gonna do this never comes back around in any way 
Like, yeah, like we you don't know, get I, that moment. We don't get a moment to go, oh, shit. Now, had they – here's how I think they could have done it, I guess. Just it's a very simple thing because remember, they they go into the little cabin that had been padlocked and it's got volumes and volumes and volumes of all of the material that the entity has sent them. Mm-hmm. Can't – you know, uh, film canisters and videotapes and tapes and blah, 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 right? If they had gone through that, and you'd have to figure out how to depict this to make it make sense. But you could in that moment define that there have been eons of loops, right? It would have the same date, so to speak, right? It would be 1989 over and over again. But it would be like 1989-1, 1989-2, right? Like – you somehow label it, and that's how you could get into us understanding that they've been saving the the material from every loop for however many times they've been caught in the loop. Right, and so then that's you why establish the an actual timeline, yeah. Yeah. and then they could pull the tape. They could be like, "Wait a minute, this tape is labeled the same as the one that we got," or there's a gap where you know if it's organized well there's one missing and they realize that that one missing numerically is the one that they received yeah something like, it, like that we, to make us get in to this idea we could see like they had the earliest like wax cylinder as, as far back as they went kind of thing <laughs> right. and then we already know that and then she's just been um uh what's anna's just been sewing them more modern clothes along the way you right, know, the right. whole time. Yeah, I mean the reason it, I think they do it the way they do it is because they've decided as a rule that the entity is – I mean this is what I think actually doesn't work in, in resolution either. What's the motivation for the entity? Like, why is it doing what it's doing? What does it get out of it? Well, that's what should remain the mystery. And that's what they kind of do explain a bit too much, I think, yeah. in the the Endless with saying it, at least an aspect of it is alluding to it likes, enjoys torturing them in some regard. Anyway, Tim, mm-hmm. I feel like we're okay. starting to be stuck in our own loop, <laughs> uh, end, Endless loop here, yeah. um, versus the said delving, which is what we're really here to do. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. And I, maybe that's a good in summary too, where like the endless puts me in an endless questioning in a not fun way versus a fun, there is a mystery to mine here, yeah. a la Lost, which did work for me and to a different extent. Yeah. Their first film uh, resolution I thought worked a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'll give it that. Great. Well, let's see if there's anything more interesting to touch on in our next section. Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. So, yeah, we have Jesse's question here. Our, Our listener submitted question. Why we wanted to watch this is why were these guys written about as a big new voice in horror or whatever, however you want to put it? I, That's a good question. I, I guess I see, I mean, I can look at it as, uh, here's, a, here's a two-fold response or two things that are jumping out at me most. There's sort of combined that they 
have moments, ideas, like as an example, the baseball thing, you know, like that's really pushing in resolution of the greater power communicating through media. They have like what feels like original enough imagery ideas putting forward that are just cool. And we're, we're getting to see them. And then that adds to the, the creepy factor. Um, you could say like the kind of monster that she's turning into in spring where it's like she's not an octopus. She's like a weird, oct- she's not a werewolf. She's like a weird octopus thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. The setting, you know, did a lot for that movie to make it interesting and unique. And then just combine that with the fact it's all done under this, the wrappings of that kind of indie style that just allows a lot of people just to buy into the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that that two, three, five just kind of puts us in the world. The acting's a very specific, it's like- It's a little for- desaturated, a little too, yeah. uh, what do you call that, grayscale? It's like not colored. Yeah, for me, or it's colored a very specific way. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I hate that. I don't like it, it drives either. drives me nuts. Um, and it's also like the- like let's say the rapport at the beginning of the endless in the car when they're kind of yucking around with each other. That did not work for me. I'm sorry. I didn't buy into it. But it's the kind of thing where if you are buying into it, you are really buying into the world then. And I think that is maybe a lot of viewers or most viewers, or it's just not for me. I'm the odd man out in that one. I don't know. But just think, yeah. Hmm. So 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 something about their their ideas or moments that are fresh, the imagery that's fresh, combined with the packaging that gets people to really buy into the reality, that is my my first, uh, after, after talking, that's my first stab as to why they're being written about this way. But for me in the end, and it could just be a taste thing, uh, I think, as, you know, I, think you know, it it's, largely, it's, it's, I don't know, that's I, not there. You know, to piggyback on some of that, what you're saying, I think the bigger appeal and why it's getting why these two dudes are getting recognition is that they're they're filling a void in a way that you know coming out of the aughts um there was you know there there's like what 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 horror was happening in the aughts Right. Well, I can also say there to tie it specifically to horror too, I guess to sort of, I didn't sum up quite what I was getting to. I realized because of those things I said, when you buy into that reality, cool things, then that does allow you to be affected by the horror on a certain level, you know, where it actually is intense, scary, suspenseful. The slow build is if spring is actually like working to an extent for people. So there you go. Yeah, I I just think that their stuff is coming at a time. There's a couple things happening. It's coming at a time when big budget films are, you know, the the norm. And there's a lot of appreciation for the antithetical nature of these films. Like they are a different style. Um, And – they are more of a thing that makes you think. And they're also dealing with themes that are kind of apropos to right now in, in not maybe right this second, but in the last 10 years of like we're we're in this new realm of what is reality? 
you know, like technology has shifted how we view reality, how we interact with other people, how we communicate. Um, and I think that there are these underlying themes that, you know, in a way that can be problematic, um, but that are just really popular now of like question everything. Um, science is not necessarily the end all answer. I mean, I personally think that's a dangerous path to go down, but but that's spring- not what they're saying. They're saying cur- our they're saying science is currently stunted, and right? We are we are limiting to ourselves to scientific beliefs. That's right. So so I think that that thematic thing is very appealing as just a thing to contemplate and people are into that and they're you know they are doing this almost um lovecraftian style thing which is very in vogue in the last 10 years you know lovecraft has made a big resurgence i feel like um into the greater um you know media world right there's stuffed cthulhu's now <laughs> right and so i think that they're just tapping into and maybe they're a part of that movement of of interest and you know, the horror like any like any medium, the horror world is always looking to identify the 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 rule breakers or the next big thing, or and they love us. They love a an indie story, right? Like that's why Paranormal Activity did so well, or Blair Witch did so well. It's like if you can make this movie for twenty grand, holy shit, right? They they media coverage loves that story they always have loved that story and these guys were the beneficiaries of that same thing right they made resolution for 20 grand or 10 grand or whatever it was virtually nothing and it got out there and people liked it the end that's that's all it took so they just have they're you know they're one of the you know every generation's sort of cinderella type story of like look at what these guys could do on zero budget and that's not to detract from what they're doing. I think it's to um, com- commend their ability to do that and ride that wave. But like certainly they – the media loves that story. It's true. Um, so I think it's a combination it's, of those things. Yeah, it's weird. That's kind of a chicken in the egg yeah, answer though is. in a way because in order to get there, they have to be doing the things – successfully first you know what i mean no i know i know Um, it's an interesting sort of paradox in and of itself so yeah i'd like to see synchronic and see what that's all about and uh you as a marvel fan you hear what they're directing next can't believe it what is moon at night so they're they're directing it's not something they are spearheading but there's a marvel show coming on disney plus called moon night and they are I guess directing some of the episodes. Yeah. So, Tim, what do you want can me to tell us? Describe the, Moon Knight to you for the uninitiated. Yeah, Moon Knight was one of one of the characters growing up that I never read, but I loved the design and the ideas behind. The ideas were a little too uh, advanced for me as a kid, but effectively, it's the the basic idea is that this dude either has been given the powers of an ancient. I think it's. Sumerian or maybe Egyptian, I don't remember what, um, God and uses those powers to sort of – he's sort of anti-hero-ish at times. He go, he's gone back and forth over the years. But he's either possessed by the powers of an ancient god 
or schizophrenic. And the whole story is him, the the complications that kind of surround that question. So cool. he believes that he is an, is uh possesses the powers of this god and is at its mercy at times but the grounded outside world is like we think you're just maybe psychotic so he's a very very complex and interesting character got it and oscar Um, isaac has been cast as as moon knight which is pretty incredible like to get a to get a an actor of that caliber doing this (laughs) Woo! so um I mean, yeah, any other any thoughts, uh, last thoughts on uh, our posed question here? I mean, oh, I think that, ah, man, I, th- I, I'm, I, I think Moon Knight will be really telling as to what the, the true talents of these guys as directors is because I'm I not think, convinced yeah. that they're the best directors. I'd say yes and no because that's going to be part of a kind of preset package of other writers and producers and just sort of stepping into a script and yada yada. And it's (laughs) – as long as they get the takes and the coverage, it's going to be cool, which I don't mean to talk talk down the role of directing, but like – Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think – I I think we we haven't even seen their their fourth – latest feature so i kind of don't want to sorry jesse we should have um that would have been a better way to or i you know i like to be thorough and it could better answer the question (laughs) having seen that i think that that it's an interesting question they may be really really good directors from the point of view of like thematic visual uh and like compelling ideas and what they've lacked in their own storytelling is just a little bit more of like an outside voice saying, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. And Mar- Marvel being the, the biggest yeah, but of, of them all probably will potentially give us the answer, right? Like to, to whether or not they're, dire- they're better directors than story conceptualizers. We don't know. Original imagery in a package that gets people to buy into the reality. There's right. my... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And therefore buy into the horror. There's yeah. my answer. They might be... Summary. I mean, I, I'm very hopeful that, that they will crush Moon Knight and, be, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> you come I mean, back this is like the know. get of all gets. Two indie filmmakers that like are semi like coming out of obscurity, doing it on their own, getting catapulted within four films into doing working for Marvel and doing a TV series. Like, that's crazy huge for them. Well, working for Marvel is working for Disney and someone else who took that route that I I do really like as a filmmaker, um, David Lowry, who did um, uh, the, the Pete's Dragon, you know, oh, yeah. and then we did on to do The Way of the Gun, Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't remember the name of the movie, but his first indie film was it was really cool. I liked it Wait, a lot. Yeah, I forget the was, name of it now. But um, it? anyway, he's and then now he's um got uh he's going on to do more things, including um, the Green Knight. Have you heard about that at all? The Green Knight, like the like the um Prince Valiant story. 
Um, I mean, I just meant more as the film that is coming out. <laughs> I don't know about it. Um, oh, yeah, no, sorry. He also did a, a ghost story, which I yeah, haven't seen. Um, I haven't oh, seen that either. Saint Nick is uh, the movie I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. That was really good. And then um, Ain't Them Body Saints. And other- anyway, The Green Knight, it looks so cool, Tim. It's uh, David Lowry. I'm very excited for that one. But um, there's... There's an example of other contemporary filmmakers who are lucking out into the Disney role. Well, through, I think you Disney know from is... the indie world and but but who for me, as I put it in a way, I'm sorry it just sounds so biting, but where there is there there for me, yeah. you know, in in Mr. Lowry's work in a way that there isn't for these these two. Yeah, this is the Sir Gawain. Yeah, this is the. The last Green Knight movie was a big one when I was a kid. It has Sean Connery as the Green Knight. <laughs> it's so weird. Just watch like the teaser trailer or whatever. It, I have. Out. It, it's so it, visually cool. And just once you know that the David Lowry's work, I'm like, oh man, he gets you know, his filmmaking. I buy into the reality. There's there there for me. Yeah. Um. But he's just one example of totally. like, I well, guess I filmmakers. Ma- I'd rather. Marvel uh, has been really, you know, that's a part of their model. It's become a part of their model is, you know, and I think there's a philosophy, uh, you know, a negative philosophy about why this is. But they they've, they have propped up a lot of indie filmmakers. I mean, John Watts, who's doing the Spider-Man movies now, came from the indie world. He did a cop car. Maybe it's too, like, Jesse's question comes from, I think it sounds so, like, mean and hating on them. I'm sorry, clearly know by now, it's just, these films just didn't, just, just didn't quite hit the mark for me. But um, to, to pose it as a v- new vision or, uh, you know, mm. pers- what, however they put it that way in horror. Where, like, even, you know, even though she hasn't done as big of as a film or or whatever or isn't doing a Marvel movie next as far as I know like let's take like Anna Lilia Mirpour you know the, the girl walked home alone at mm-hmm. night and then um and what's the other one called with uh Keanu Reeves that she did The Bad Batch oh right yes Bad Batch you know she went Very on to do an episode, interesting movie. went on to do an episode of Legion a couple episodes of the new Twilight Zone. anyway like but even though like The Bad Batch it's in, and um a girl walks home alone at night those felt more like, okay, I get like who she is. Like she's mm-hmm. like her herness feels there for me. Um, which is so funny. There, thereness. There's no there, there. There, there you go. That's a way to put it. Like, I don't know. I could tell. Or I guess I started saying this from the from the perspective of like, what does it mean to have a vision or whatnot? And you know I, I don't so know, funny? man. It just doesn't seem like their their films. Like I, 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 I don't don't. I've been get wa- that I've been vision. listening. I don't to, know, man. I'm sorry. I know. I know what you're saying. I've been listening to a lot of like podcasts and stuff on old cults, and part of the what is compelling about cults, it seems, and why people kind of get you know wrapped up in it, is that it's tapping into mythology. Almost ex- like by and large, like cults, that's like one of the big things that they're using. They're using pre-existing – your pre-existing susceptibility to religion and or mythology and or just the philosophy of of those things. And they're playing on them and and using really esoteric, 
almost double speak to to kind of lock you in and and it's like a it's like a way to kind of muddy the waters but make you believe that what they're saying is the gospel. And in a weird way, that's what the Benson and Moorhead movies are actually talking about, but in talking about it, they're also doing it. And I think that's kind of what's happening. We as humans we kind of like this esoteric shit. Like we, it's it's it's, it, it's confusing and it's intriguing and it posits these these big questions that are never answered because there is no fucking answer. Honestly, and, I do I do feel like I think this is where you're getting at. Sorry, like it is a kind of a cheap magic trick they're doing to get us to buy into the reality of it. And I'm of. sorry, I'm I don't mean I'm that usually in a the bad one. way. <laughs> I just mean that 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 is the effect, right? It does feel like they're going, okay, so we did these two characters having some rapport in the car, and hey, that's gotten audiences to really buy into the characters <laughs> before, so I guess See, here I don't, it is again. I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that conscious. Mm-hmm. I think that they... No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, but it, but it is what you do if you you're trying to make. Obviously, they're trying to make good movies, which is totally what I respect them for. And that's so. So there's their version of that. I don't know, man. You know, there may be another component to this too. Sorry, we'll just drag this along. But you know, something that makes people like a thing is the idea that they could do it too. And I think that more Benson and Moorhead's first few films, they inspire us to be like, damn, those guys did it. They did it with very little budget. And like even in spite of these sort of holes that are in their stories or these like kind of imperfections, they still did it and, and I kind of liked it. That's inspiring. It makes me want to go make a movie. It makes me feel like I can go make a movie. And I think that they're in within the realm, especially in horror, you know, there's so many people who are aspiring to create things. And so I think there may be a component too within that, that that's why they get the recognition that they get. Or, you know, people are like, they're inspired by this. Because if you put Spring or The Endless next to The Green Knight, like even just watch those two trailers next to each other, there is a deep chasm of like difference between those two in terms of style, budget, uh, I'd say story, you put, just storytelling. You put Saint Maud, the the tra- that movie, which is like his equivalent no budget indie compared to sure. yeah, even Resolution, better. their no budget indie. You know, I think that's fair comparison. Yeah, and for me, that Saint Maud, I don't know, it's doing the filmmaking itself feels like it's got a vision built into it, which this was clearly not there in their work for me. But I think, me. you know, sorry, we're, sorry. we're snobs, and so we like what we like. <laughs> yes, thanks for just saying it. That makes me feel better. It's true. I mean, it is true. Like, there's a reason I like, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 what's his name? Ari Aster. Dude, I mean, and Robert Eggers for me, you know, and I Robert love Eggers, the right? Like they're doing a very specific thing, right? That Benson and Moorhead are not. They're doing a very different thing that is also specific. 
And to a certain degree, it does kind of come down to taste and your own snobbery. Now, I mean, whatever. You could always argue the merits of what what makes one art form or one one uh, uh, product better than the other. I, I mean, whatever. Like, that's what we do, so. <laughs> like, it's a, I don't know. It, everything kind of has its place in a way, is the way I kind of feel about it. It's, the the realm that Benson and Moorhead's films exist in fits, like, they fit into that realm. They just do. Yeah. I do, maybe I do, this is, maybe this is why Jesse asked, I don't want to speak for him but as far as feeling a disconnect from those super high praise quotes through the trailer of the endless that we watched at the beginning the yeah. best one of the best ex- cinematic experiences you'll have at the theaters this year I'm yeah like, that's objectively no, not true like <laughs> okay right like we, that come on i mean let's be honest right but you like go that is on... objectively not true but go watch thing, a like... paul thomas anderson movie and you you immediately go okay yeah that's not true but is that just the film snobbery? Because like here I go on, um, you go on like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, like one of those sites. And it's like 90% of the stuff is just super high praise. It's, it's it feels crazy to me. I think because it's what I said before. It's tapping into a different thing. It's not about yeah. the film snobbery stuff that we love. It's about this other thing, this esoteric thing, this vibe that it gives off. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But great. It got them Moon Knight. Fuck a duck. That's amazing. It is. <laughs> I'm okay, so, so like happy for them and like kind of I'm I by like envy them to no end. Yeah. Uh, you let us know how it all is. Oh, I will. <laughs> and I want to see. Uh, they're starting to release all their shows now. I know Wandavision just came out when yeah. we're recording this. Uh, okay, so last little thing of note I had. I know this is running long, everyone. Or running longer than usual, but um, as far as filling another or like what could be their next movie in this universe they've set up based on their first three movies I've seen, I love what what they didn't get into at all in the endless, but that was sort of set up in resolution was the Native American characters. Yes. This is on Native American land. Yep. Um, that would be really cool to see that whole side of the story now. Uh, yeah. Bring back that casino worker guy as a character. And, um, and maybe dude, only have those Zach, characters in it. Zan you know? McLaren or McLarnan, who's who's the the actor who plays the the casino security guy Charles in Resolution. That that dude is no joke. An in, a, just an incredible actor, and like he he needs to be the lead in something. Like he has not. I don't think he's gotten. Well, I I've only seen him in a couple of things. Um, he's in Doctor Sleep, lesser character, Bone Tomahawk, um, lesser character. You remember he was the the guy who tells them not to go fight the the troglodytes. Um, he was in um, what's it called um, Westworld. He's really good in Westworld. You know, he's done a lot of TV too. But like, man, that dude needs to be the lead in something because he's so good. Let's do it. Great. Well, this is all endless enough. How about we move on to a recommendations, finish up <laughs> yes, with the endless. Definitely. All right. Uh, I was going to recommend Ed 
resolution just to just to sort of end on the point of hey i do like something about these guys just as a reminder to, to sort of outweigh the negativeness that i may have sounded you know in the end yeah. i did again to say like resolution largely i thought was really really cool and did hold that suspense but whatever i feel like i've recommended that enough throughout this so uh when you said you hadn't seen black bear yet i feel like that's what i want to make my recommendation oh. now all right it was and especially like what you said where you're interested in the story of something itself being both about and inspired maybe by writer's block um that's like what it is so that's exactly what it is and it's so cool how they do it aubrey plaza is incredible it's cool to see her we think of her as like only having this kind of sarcastic persona or Mm -hmm. that's kind of the face that she puts on to the world, you know, in a lot of ways or whatever, I don't know her, but um, to see her go to some real places and some real heavy places is really fun. Cool. Well, you, you know, (laughs) black bear. I, um, I think I'm going to recommend dead WandaVision because you you reminded me that I had just I watched the first two episodes. I it's so a thing that I did not think they were gonna do that I almost don't like it, but I know what they're setting up. And I like they make it obvious that there's this bigger underlying mystery. And honestly, they barely scratch the surface of what that mystery might be. In such in such a way that you go, whoa! They they're I think they're only doing like six episodes, and in the first two episodes you get, I mean, they're like twenty two or twenty three or four minute long episodes. I think you get <laughs> maybe fifteen seconds of suggestion that there's some deeper thing going on, and the rest of it is just a sitcom from the 60s and then a sitcom from the 70s. Oh, I like, don't want to know. I don't I I mean, even want to know that so much. I mean, it's so crazy what they're doing that, like, I think you have to watch it. Like, I think everybody has to, well, not everybody, but if you even remotely like Marvel, w- watch it because it's, it's really, <laughs> I'm like, it's ballsy to do what they're doing. So I'm going to recommend Dead That. I was going to recommend Dead Tenet, which I watched last night. And I didn't like it, so I'm not recommending it. Great. All right, then let's uh, pull from the hat. I believe it's my turn. It to is tell you tell you when to stop and stop. Oh, <laughs> the body snatcher from 1945. Whoa! Cool. The Traveling OG. Way back. <laughs> I don't think this is an invasion of the body snatchers type story. I'm pretty sure this is just some other cool, even 1940s cooler 40s hor- horror film. Great, <laughs> great, yay! I mean, oh yeah, we did. I, I meant to mention we did um, cut short because of um, the endless cut our line of pre 2000 films <gasps> where we've it our did. record of a record of having six before we only reached five. If The Endless had been a pre-2000 film leading to this film, we would reach seven. Oh, well. So we'll see if it happens again next time, another time. And we there will be another time because now we got a, we got a new movie to talk about. Wait, what was yeah. it already called? The Body Snatcher. It's got Boris Karloff <laughs> and Bella Lugosi in it. I'm come, sure that's why it's on, in our dude. hat then. <laughs> yeah, right? Sweet. <laughs> 
<laughs> cool. Great. Well, until then, you can find us wherever you found us. We got an Instagram. We got a Twitter. We got all that. Yep. Yep. You can email us, too. We have an email. It's, and, it's uh, Gmail. Just remember we asked you, our big ask is to please tell a friend to join us. Yeah. Yeah, tell a friend. Come hang out with me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that stuff. Great. So wherever you may or may not be in your own endless time loop, we do, uh, we do thank you uh, so much for being here. Yes, we do. And we will see you next time. Good- Goodbye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.